Welcome to the Building Healthy Organizations podcast. We understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I'm glad you joined us today for our continued journey to understand how to build a healthy organization. So in today's episode, I want to talk about the difference between leadership and management. The focus is really going to be on leadership. What is good leadership? What is great leadership? What's the difference between good management and good leadership? And especially, how do we lead well in times like these? There have always been times of change, times of turmoil, times where we we struggle because the old models don't work as well as they have been in the past. And the reality is that while that's true, the last 18 to 24 months have seen a very significant increase in the pace of change. That means the development of good leadership has to keep up with that pace of change. So let's start with the difference between leadership and management. You can be a good manager but not be a very good leader. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. Management is a subset of leadership. A quick definition of what I believe to be leadership. We learn to lead ourselves well, then we learn to lead others well. That means we're all leaders in some fashion. Leadership is not a function of authority. It is a function of influence. More on this later in the episode. I have trained countless individuals in the skills of management. Techniques to manage people, to manage performance. I am creating online courses in management skills and also in leadership skills. These are very important to building a healthy organization. We don't want to discount good management at the expense of trying to be a good leader. They go together. And I see management skills as being a subset of good leadership skills. So think of management as using the head and the hands of an organization to get things done and hopefully get things done in a positive and productive manner. So what is leadership? It's the vision and the heart of the organization, the application of values, the creation and the cultivation of the culture. So what's the difference? You can manage people to get something done, but you lead people to exceed and excel, to engage to grow and develop, to become leaders in their own right. Why is that important? In my opinion, those organizations with good leadership create a competitive advantage in the marketplace through their people. So here's what we know from research. Engaged employees will give you two to four times the productivity of a non-engaged employee. The definition of an engaged employee is the emotional commitment somebody has to the effort. 
So reflect on this. Have you ever worked with someone who seems to love what they do, even when they're faced with challenges? They seem to produce much more than other people. That is what we call engagement. Somebody who's giving their full commitment to the effort. We know that right now, retaining good employees is a huge challenge. In the U.S. alone, about 10 million people have resigned their jobs in the last eight months. Surveys say that about 50% or half of the U.S. workforce will have either changed jobs or will have seriously considered changing jobs by the end of next year, the end of 2022. I'm calling this the Great Migration. Or I guess the subtitle that might be the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. So what's driving this? A need for more. People are looking for more out of their jobs. At the same time, they're dealing with all of the change, all of the uncertainty and stress that has been generated over the last two years. What do I mean by more? Well, maybe money's a part of that, but even more important than money are the desired outcomes of well-being, balance, belonging, satisfaction, all of those things that add to the enjoyment of the work that somebody is doing. Frankly, the days of going to work for a paycheck and getting the most out of somebody are gone. Those days are not coming back. People are looking to find a place they can engage and feel like they are contributing to something greater, to make their world a better place. You know what the sad fact of all of this is? We know from surveys that about two-thirds of employees in the U.S. never get consistent feedback on their performance. Some never get any feedback. This is a huge leadership failure. I talk to business owners just about every day. Many want things to just go back to the way they were pre-pandemic. And I tell them, sorry guys, those days are gone. People have had a chance, even though it was involuntary, to step outside of their busy routines to really look at what they were doing and reflect on how they want to live their lives going forward. So what does this have to do with leadership? Everything. The organizations that will be healthy, the organizations that will thrive are those where leaders take the time to thoughtfully consider their most important asset, people, what their people want and need, and then figure out a way to be innovative and proactive in providing for those things. Let's look deeper into what it'll take to be a leader like this. Gone are the days when soft skills... And I really, really don't like that term because it diminishes the value of the human dynamic. 
But gone are the days when those skills are nice-to-have skills. They are now survival skills in this rapidly changing world. They are need-to-have. If you do not believe that, I encourage you to keep listening. You are probably someone who values logic and reason, who looks hard at the bottom line, who likes things to be predictable, who uses tried-and-true methodologies and models to run their business, and there is nothing wrong with any of that. But let me ask you this. Do you constantly scratch your head when people don't do what you think they should? Do you find yourself putting out the same fires over and over again? Do you feel like there's a lot of drama in the workplace and it just drives you crazy? Do you wish you knew how to fix people so they were more productive? Do you notice that there are times when people react in ways that seem highly out of character? Then you are firmly operating out of intellectual intelligence, IQ, but maybe not so much out of emotional intelligence, EQ. I know that when some leaders hear the word emotion attached to anything, that is when we hear terms like soft skills. The reality There is nothing soft about human skills that are one of the most critical elements in building a healthy organization. Let's look at this another way. Think of the assets you have in your organization. And let me ask you a question or two about those assets. Would you neglect good accounting practices? Would you not do preventive maintenance on machines? Would you not do updates on computers to keep them running at optimal levels? I think you get the point here. People are so much more valuable as an asset than any of the things I just mentioned, but many organizations do not invest as much in their people as they do in these lesser value assets. So whose responsibility is it to ensure that people have what they need to do their best work, to design and cultivate the culture that is desired, to remove roadblocks to optimal performance, to provide vision and direction, to resource the effort appropriately? All of these are the responsibility of leadership. So many organizations I work with are very good at their core competencies, the things that they do as an organization, but they fall short on supporting their most important asset, their people. Let's take a quick survey. Have you noticed any of the following in your organization? A large disparity in performance levels with people doing the same job. Dysfunctional teams. Leaders working at cross purposes. A lack of understanding the bigger picture for employees. Behavior outside of the desired normals. An indication that people are just there for the paycheck. 
consistent turnover or not retaining employees at the desired levels. Burnout. If you said yes to any of these, especially if you said yes to two or more of them, I have good news and bad news for you. First, the bad news. This will continue until leadership decides to invest in changing it. The good news, it is not that hard to change this to more positive outcomes. I cannot emphasize this next point strongly enough. The organizations that will thrive going forward will be those who have three critical elements in place. Number one, an awareness of the effectiveness of their leadership, including gap areas for development. Number two, a clear and actionable pathway to grow leadership bandwidth and develop both existing and emerging leaders. And number three, a consistent process of measuring leadership impact and a methodology for aligning leaders with vision mission, and values. Why is all of this important? Because people follow leaders they trust and respect. I'm going to repeat that. People follow leaders they trust and respect. It's that simple. So how can you lead yourself and lead others better? By investing in your growth as a leader and growing leaders under you by investing in them. We have looked at the difference between a manager and a leader, and let me reemphasize, management skills are a very important component of being a good leader, but they are not the only component. Good leadership starts with understanding that you are leading other people. Now, I realize that sounds simplistic and kind of appears to be a no-brainer. However, I see leaders all the time who consider themselves as leaders, but treat people as, quote, units of performance instead of people. I have had more than one business owner say to me, They just need to check their emotions at the door, or they need to keep their personal lives out of the workplace. To which I reply, how has that been working for you? I think we all know the answer to that. So, how can leaders be better leaders? By first understanding how the brain works and using that to better support their most important asset, their people. There is an energy exchange going on every day in every person. When you wake up in the morning, you have 100% of your energy to spend that day. And some days are better than others, granted. Energy goes first to the internal things you're dealing with relationship issues, challenges in your life, stress, worries, the internal things. What's left over after that can go to the external things or the work effort. 
The same thing is going on with every person in every organization. Am I saying that all leaders need to be counselors to help their people deal with all of life's twists and turns? No, I'm not saying that. But I am suggesting that leaders become good coaches. How? By developing in themselves a higher level of emotional intelligence or EQ to complement their intellectual intelligence, their IQ. Think of it this way. If I, as a leader, can understand the emotional drivers in myself, then I can better understand how those impact my decisions, my behavior, and my performance. Now, if I can do that with other people, better understand their emotional drivers, I gain much greater insight into how to help them become more productive, align better with the culture, be a more effective team member, and create greater satisfaction for them in their efforts. Better information leads to better decisions and better outcomes. We all know this to be true. Great leaders are great coaches that have great insight into people and into the elements of great performance. That's a lot of greats, isn't it? But it's very true. The more we can understand the emotional drivers in ourselves, the better we'll be able to understand those in others and how they impact decision-making, how they impact behavior, how they impact performance. Sounds like a lot of effort, right? You might be surprised. The skills and competencies of emotional intelligence are the easiest to learn and develop. It is very difficult to change IQ, very difficult to change your basic personality. But EQ, or emotional intelligence, is a growth opportunity that can be rapidly acquired and applied. Now, common sense tells us that the better we understand people, the more effective we can be at relating to them and leading them. I'll give you an example of that. There are a couple of equations I use to describe how to enhance leadership influence. And I have workshops on this and and I do a lot of training around this concept. First, the first equation, connection, how well we connect with people in an authentic manner, plus trust, the, the trust building that we do with people equals influence. Connection plus trust equals influence. The second equation, you know, because a lot of people will ask me, okay, I help me understand the trust thing here. I understand connecting with people on an authentic way. I understand what that means, what that looks like. But talk to me about trust. Well, there's another equation I use for that. Trust equals credibility, how credible am I, plus reliability, how well do I follow through and do the things I say I'll do, plus connection. We've already talked about connection. How well do I connect with others? How much do I invest in the relationship? 
divided by my self-agenda or my personal self-needs. Let me read that equation to you again in short form. Trust equals credibility plus reliability plus connection divided by my self-agenda. How important am I in that relationship? How important are my needs in that interaction? And I'm not saying by that that you remove all self-need or, or, or your personal agenda, but think about it as who's the most important person in the room. If you want to be the most important person in the room, it's going to be hard to build trust with others. I'm not saying that you give authority over to your subordinates or, or that you allow team members to run rampant. What I'm saying is if you want to be a good leader, then you need to be able to understand other people, to be a good coach to them, and understand the emotional drivers that are behind their decision-making, their behavior, and their performance. If you know those things and can apply them in an effective manner with good methodologies, you can reach a level of leadership. You can reach a competitive advantage that most people will never get to. If you take all of this and put it together in this episode, there these two equations alone, if this is all you take out of it, they should be very helpful in providing a way to measure influence. And influence is an absolute key indicator of good leadership. And then create a pathway for increasing your influence with those that you lead. And remember, leadership is not just leading other people. Leadership starts by leading yourself well first. Then you can lead other people well. Now, I realize that this episode can only scratch the surface of what good leadership looks like. I encourage you to drill deeper. Grow the leader in yourself so you can eventually bring out the leader in other people. Leadership is a focus on others. Good leaders practice this. Great leaders live this out every day. I will leave you with this. Never stop learning. Find the best path to grow your leadership. Be courageous in becoming an authentic leader, where real transparency is evident. Remember that others are watching you, and leading by example is one of the most powerful leadership practices you can apply. There is no one right way to be a good leader, but the common thread to good and even great leadership is a deeper insight and understanding of people, and that starts with the very core of what drives people their thoughts, and their emotions. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Building Healthy Organizations by EQ Fit. We do understand how the human brain works and how that impacts behavior in the workplace. I hope you'll subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes as we journey together on this pathway to building a healthy organization. Also, check us out on YouTube 
at the same name, Building Healthy Organizations by EQ Fit. And for additional information, feel free to visit our website, gscfit.com.